Rob, did you ever think that maybe this world is not meant for you? <laughs> for me in particular? Or for one of my taste and sophistication? Uh, yes, that's of course what I meant. <laughs> Let me present you with a business that is in the building adjacent to uh, my new job. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called Recharge with a J at oh. the end. Oh, I already don't like it. <laughs> Shouldn't it technically be recharge? Recharge. Recharge. What do they do? It's really their one service, 25-minute power nap. <laughs> uh, so I have questions that are apparently frequently asked mm -hmm, and to which mm -hmm. they have answers. One, what will I lay on in the power nap session? A yogi bow. Yogi Bo is new age beanbag furniture. No other single piece of furniture conforms to your body the way a Yogi Bo does. Uh, except a hammock and a beanbag chair. Here's an important question. Yes, yes. Help. I don't think I can fall asleep in 25 minutes. Right. See, Exclamation there... point question yeah. mark. That was my very first question. Let me answer that for you, Rob. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Napping isn't the same as sleeping. To get the benefit of a refreshing power nap, you don't need to fall asleep. It's enough to relax yourself and let your thoughts drift off, even while remaining oh mostly God. awake. Does, is there a price for this? It's only eight fucking dollars. It's pretty good. Whoa, wait a minute. Now that is the most surprising thing about this whole thing. Yeah. You huh. can hump a Yogi bone for very cheap. Wow. I mean, a power nap. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Power nap. It's time. Time for a thrilling story of romance, adventure, mystery, anything with an expired copyright. It's time for another Interrupted Tale. Hello, and welcome to the show that usually ends, another episode of Interrupted Tales, the podcast where my friend and I take turns reading stories to you, the listener, while the other person constantly interrupts. As always, I am Rob, and I'm joined tonight by the flirkin' to my merkin, Alan. How are you, Alan? I'm sorry, maybe you can hear the the pitter-patter on my windows here. It's a, it's a rainy night in Georgia here, Rob. <laughs> I've learned so much, like you're in Georgia now. It's also the night when the lights went out here, so oh. I'm, I'm recording on battery backup. Alan, Sorry. I have to ask you, are you an innocent man? Because if so, you should take cover. Hey, we probably already talked on the podcast about <laughs> the how the that, that is not about the lights dimming because of the power requirements of the electric chair, because they hung him. <laughs> So no, I always thought it was. I don't know if we've discussed it, but I always thought it was because of that. No, they they hung him. So the, I don't huh. know where the massive power drain came from. Maybe, maybe he kicked the light switch while he was swinging. Hey, that's rude. Well, I suppose it's it's a fictional tale, Alan. Well, we take all our fictional tales very seriously here. <laughs> very interrupted tales, Rob. Well, it's a, it's a good thing because we have a very, very serious tale this week of scientific detection. Ooh. Uh, yeah, it's called The Master Key, and it's from Amazing Stories, uh, the 1928 April issue. 
and it's by Charles S. Wolf. So kind of a, a Midnight Rambler werewolf. Midnight Rambler werewolf. <laughs> What's the name of your st- what? <laughs> half moon pie guy? You know, your comic book character. Werewolf by night? Werewolf by night, yeah. <laughs> half moon pie. <laughs> Almost better. Almost better. It's the biracial harmony between man and wolf. <laughs> Look to the wolf, people. Look to the wolf. Half moon cookie. So you're saying Charles S. Wolf, no yes. relation to no Werewolf relation by night. to Werewolf by Night, okay. and nor does the story have any werewolves. So I hope nobody's hopes went up. Uh, this is just master keys. Great! I've been <laughs> meaning to switch out my quick set for a schlag. <laughs> well, Alan, you're gonna have to do that later because now it's time to pour yourself your favorite drink and curl up on your favorite chair with your favorite spyglass while we read you this week's tale i followed fenner through the door of davidson's office we found the worthy chief of police seated behind his desk from which vantage point he greeted us with an unusually cheerful good morning. Hey, good morning, fellow cogs in a vast, faceless authority, trudging towards our inevitable deaths, for no man is born but must die. I got up early and brought pastries. <laughs> wow, it's a real mix of emotions this morning, huh? Yeah, he's unusually cheerful. <laughs> he seemed in rare good humor. And I noted the quizzical uplifting of Fenner's eyebrows as he advanced to the desk and leaned lazily against it. Rare good humor is uh, the fat frog that they only have on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I would think a rare good humor would be the uh, a Spider-Man pop that actually looks like Spider-Man. <laughs> okay, that's funny. Extraordinarily rare. Like fat frogs, fun to say, but that's that's a good joke, Ron. <laughs> thank you, thank you. How about Bubble O Bill? <laughs> Who is Bubble Bill? Wait, is there bubblegum inside? Well, I think he's got a bubblegum nose. Oh, you know, I feel like I've had one of those before. I'm so serious. Fat Frog is like the original hypnotoad. You check out this picture here. I'm just going <laughs> to... Here, let me... Uh, maybe this works. Oh, my God. It really is hypnotoad. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a smiling check hypnotoad. Check that out. You want to see a Bubble Bill? Yeah, I do. I do. I'm getting from this that uh, Fat Frog was the local weed dealer, and he hung out with <laughs> Bubble Bill and Banana Bob. I got to say, Banana Bob, if there's anybody who's good friends with Fat Frog, it is Banana <laughs> Bob. Oh, yeah. I think they just repainted a spliff into a banana that he's got in his hand there. Really? Uh, okay. I, I Now I just want to read about ice cream novelties. I'm sure it would be better than what we're going to read. <laughs> We received your message, Chief, drawled Fenner, and we came right down. What have we now? Murder, mayhem, larceny, or abduction? We're all four at the same time. Merhemenediction. <laughs> In the flirted degree. <laughs> That's the worst degree. Oh, no. The flirt degree is, boy, they'd put, throw the book at you. Yeah, it's the opposite with merhemenediction. It's, yeah. it's third is worse. It's, mm-hmm. Davidson laughed outright. Involuntarily, I started. 
It was the first time that I had heard a laugh Ooh, out of the baby, baby. Don't don't let's start, Alan. Love, no, it's loving the flirt degree. <laughs> well, this is the worst part. It was the first time that I'd heard a laugh out of the usually taciturn chief. In fact, I firmly believed that the very farthest he would ever get in that direction would be a broad grin. Oh, please. You know our department's no-teeth-showing policy. We don't want to make everybody incredibly horny now. <laughs> they don't want to be the sexy police station. Flash those pearly chicklets. So, you don't want to talk, eh? What if I grin? <laughs> <laughs> and I realized it's something unusually humorous. I confess. <laughs> Could we isolate that? Just put that out as my new uh, tone for when I get a message. And I realized that something unusually humorous must have come up to betray the police head into open mirth. <laughs> not, not in this story, but <laughs> it's just a very funny one they were reading. None of the bunch you so glibly named, Joe, chuckled Davidson. In fact, we have nothing. Everything is going nicely. Yeah, we started having the death penalty for all crimes from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. and the purge during the night. It's a perfect system. Uh, daylight saving switchover is a bitch, though. Oh, wow. How do you manage it? You wouldn't believe the things we get up to in select counties of <laughs> northwestern and southwestern Indiana. <laughs> it's anything goes there. I don't need you at all, but I've got a bird in my private office there who needs you badly. I'll say he does. It's Toucan Sam, the drug dealer, and I, I think you know what he's hopped up on. <laughs> <laughs> got a buddy, the tiger, who says they're great. He's, he's not cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> oh, boy. Wait till you hear his story. Sounds interesting, admitted Fenner. What is it? Usually obedient daughter eloped with a family chauffeur? Something of that sort? No, but uh, throw some werewolves in there and you've got a very hot piece of erotica. See, there are werewolves, Rob. <laughs> hey, werewolves! Oh, Thank you, Charles go. S. Wolf. Davidson Rose. Come on into the office and let him tell you the story himself, he said over his shoulder as he led the way. And with curiosity aroused, we followed after him into the next room. Yeah, curiosity. Seated at the table was a well-dressed young man whose face bore no trace of the mirth that seemed to have gotten the best of Davidson. As we entered, he glanced up quickly, and I imagined I saw the shadow of disappointment cross his features as Davidson introduced Fenner. Meet Joe Fenner and his friend, said Davidson. Oh, we're friends. Joe, this is Mr. Watson, son of John Watson, who has the ice plant. You might say he's a real cold-hearted son of a man who owns an ice factory. <laughs> an ice factory. Due, due to his son helping out part-time and not wearing proper protective clothing. Ooh. ooh. Do not get that bag of ice from 7-Eleven. Ouch. Look into his eyes. Uh-oh. He's been telling lies. <laughs> he's cold-hearted. Fenner here, Mr. Watson, is the man I think you want. Tell him your story. You'll excuse me, for I'm rather busy this morning. Uh, straight up, now tell him your story. 
You'll excuse me, for I'm rather busy this morning. Uh, yeah, you guys figure it out. I'll be organizing the evidence in the <laughs> drug seizure case. It's, a, it's such a mess. You just loose powder everywhere. <laughs> <coughs> Chief's going to be out today. It's afternoon, everyone. I've got some real good ideas for fighting crime now. Everyone gather around. Have you heard of this purge? Davidson left us, and as we seated ourselves across the table from Watson, I began studying him covertly, for he was a well-known figure around our town. Son of one of the wealthiest of our citizens, he was prominent in all the big social activities of the upper set, and a member of all the exclusive clubs. There's the Rotary Club, mm -hmm. the Sierra Club, nope, very the important. Soda Club. Mm. He's got several of the club car any theft devices. You name a club, he's got it, Rob. The four club, oh, you know he's got it. <laughs> he's got it. Oh, baby, he's got it. He's got it. His name was constantly appearing in the public prints, and I made the most of this opportunity to get a line on the man. He spoke in low, cultured tones, not looking directly at us, and toying with the paper knife in a nervous fashion as he talked. I find myself in a most embarrassing situation, Mr. Fenner. Pregnant again. And my fly is down. And I've run out of money. Also, hold on. Can someone hand me a dictionary? Mm -hmm. No, no. I need an unabridged one. My unabashed dictionary defines an embarrassing situation as a tube with no top. Uh-huh. Oh, that's, oh, that's great. You know what the first entry for unabridged dictionary is? What's that? A dictionary definition for the word unabridged. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Google. Oh, you didn't bing it? No, I dogpiled it, of course. <laughs> what do you what am I a noob? <laughs> what all right, what's what's the big dictionary in England that's unabridged that people go nuts about? Oxford? Is that what you mean? Yeah, Oxford English Dictionary. That's it. Oxford. Oh, they want to charge you a lot. Uh huh. Lexico.com, powered by Oxford. Lexico.com. I feel like they're missing a letter. Like people right? at Oxford just pushing big wheels like a young Conan. <laughs> Editors with just standing next to them with their arms crossed and a billy club. Uh, he said. And Davidson tells me that he is unable to give me any assistance, because the matter cannot be considered as legitimately in his line. I suppose he's right. Also, I admit that I am showing poor sportsmanship in asking aid in this business, but you will understand that it is not the money involved that leads me to unfair play. Indeed, it's the pure erotic thrill of cheating. <laughs> erotic? You're not cheating correctly, then. Ah, that, that Sammy Sosa back in the day? Oof, those, those arms. Sexy. I am in a fair way to become the laughingstock of the city. And at all costs, this must be prevented. And what is the difficulty, Mr. Watson? Fenner asked politely, as the clubman paused. 
It is a silly bet that I was foolish enough to make at the Lynx Club with Young Fair yesterday afternoon. Yes, it started with the nature versus nurture argument, so naturally it ended up about hookers and orange juice. <laughs> That's frozen concentrated orange juice. Oh, I, your pardon, sir. <laughs> we were discussing some of the popular books of the day and finally worked around to a detective story which is having quite a run. Maybe you've read the thing? Chap is murdered in a room to which there's no apparent ingress possible without detection. That sort of stuff. No ingress possible without detection. So like the bathroom in the first class cabin. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir? Sir? <laughs> sir? Sir, I am... Sir, no, but there's a line for... Sir? Sir? Sir, but I, there's nobody in... It's sir? sir? And please close the curtain behind you, sir. Thank you. I remarked uh, that all this kind of business was drivel, that in everyday life such things could not and did not take place. Young Fair, with all the romanticism of youth, defended the writer and his clan, said that things occur in reality that outdo the marvelous happenings of fiction. The dispute grew rather hotter than either of us liked, and, well... We ended in a bet. Horrific murder. I, I mean, of course, a bet, a bet between two living humans, neither of whom has any knowledge to the contrary. Fair offered to bet me $5,000. Wow. That he personally could demonstrate to a selected committee that the mysterious entrance or exit from a room as described in this book was quite possible. I accepted the wager. Well, sure, why not? It's 1928, and they're just giving away $5,000 <laughs> bills on the street, and they always will be. That's What's right. that? Inverted yield curve? <laughs> Is that some kind of new money-making machine? Uh, let's just say invest in newspapers as blankets. I think invest in windows that don't open. <laughs> The committee was selected, and the conditions agreed on. I'm sorry, gentlemen. I know that I'm the board chair of the Save the Death Row Society, and there's a scheduled execution in just a few hours, but I've got a hard stop at three for a committee with an equally important <laughs> mission. <laughs> what would be a good name for this committee? The Wagers and Means Committee. <laughs> He was to enter a room from which no unaided exit could apparently be made. He was to be allowed the entire night in which to effect his escape. If he succeeded, I agreed to find him within 48 hours and to explain how he got away or forfeit the wager. Mm. The arrangements were made and he entered the chosen room at eight last evening. This morning we forced an entrance to that room he has disappeared. Okay. Is the bet still on, or are we investigating a ghost murder? Yeah, I don't... I mean, I know he agreed to find him within 48 hours. Did that uh -huh. include just calling the cops and having <laughs> them do the work? That's true. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically they did not not allow it, so uh, good on him. Fenner made no effort to conceal his grin. Put one over, eh? Any idea how he managed it? Not the slightest, confessed Watson dejectedly. 
Apparently, it's impossible. Yet, he is gone. My 48 hours are slipping away rapidly, and it seems as if I am slated to lose. That's why I've come to the police who can release an incarcerated snitch for just the 48 hours I need to track him down. <laughs> and let me tell you, you won't believe how I tie in the plot of Pluto Nash. <laughs> The uh, if this person came from a long time ago and uh, may use the N word a little more than we're all comfortable it's not with. Not called so. the rule of fourths, Rob. <laughs> I don't regard the money at all. You will understand. I would give the little devil that much if he asked for it. It is the idea of having the young Jack in the Pod. Uh, whoa! Hey, Rob. Oh. Am I allowed to use that word? Yeah, well, hold on. Let's check my underbridge dictionary. <laughs> Jack in a pod. Oof. Oh, wait, wait. I said it again. I apologize to yes, whoever I'm please offended. Please do. Um, please do. I, myself. No, no, just uh, like, don't try to. It's a historical record, and mm -hmm. I, I think we're, we're just going to leave it as is without comment. Okay. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. I um I apologize if I have offended any Jack in a Pods. Uh, hoodwink me in this fashion. That makes me determined to find him if I can. What do you do, Rob, when there is uh, no single genre of music pretentious enough to say Jack in a Pod hoodwink is the name of my blank core band? <laughs> Are we we're done? Have we reached the physical and mental limits? Of what is the name of my blank no. core band can do? No. I, I'm going to go with whimsy core. Yeah, I think you're uh, missing the overt racism, Rob. <laughs> well, that's what's so whimsical about it. I don't know to who or what, but clearly somewhere in I there. I mean, clearly he meant Jack and Ape, right? Is Jack and the Pod the, the singular version of hey, Jack and Ape? Hey, listen. You want a jack in a pod? <laughs> I'm not going to stop you. Okay? But we don't need to discuss it anymore. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yet, yet I haven't made any idea where hey, to... Hey, so whatever you want to do with your Yogi Bo <laughs> during your power nap, I, it's not my business. Yet I haven't any idea where to begin. Now I'm making you this offer. Solve this riddle for me, and the money I win you may have. Of course, I rely on you to keep secret the fact that you aided me. I'll just write uh, for undisclosed non-sexual services in the memo field of the check, so it won't be at all <laughs> suspicious. Oh, I'm just glad that this guy's finally figured out that it's perfectly okay to pay cops to do work for you, as long as it involves a bet. <laughs> That's that's the cutoff. Who knew? That's a pretty stiff condition, objected Fenner. For how I am to get a look at the scene of this mysterious disappearance without someone noticing my presence there. And how I am to trace the movement's affair without following any trail he may have left without seeing it is more than I can imagine. Nice, real uh, bang-up job on convincing him how suited for the job you are. <laughs> 
I can't even figure out how to get to the scene of the mystery, but I'm definitely maybe totally going to be able to solve it. Listen, this guy, he thought he was having an interview for a job at uh, Smoothie King, and they made him a cop. So he clearly can talk his way through some things. I can't even understand that last paragraph, for instance. Sure. But I trust he knows what he's doing. It's written by Wolfman, so... Uh, that you can easily do, returned Watson. The selected room was in the commercial house. This morning we forced the door, doing some little damage. I told the proprietor that I would send workmen around to make the necessary repairs. You may represent yourselves as locksmiths without arousing any suspicion. Uh, locksmiths use sirens on their cars, right? Because we're on a deadline, so... Why didn't he go to a private detective if he really wanted to be this sneaky? (laughs) (laughs) All right, I like to hear the sound, too. Yeah. Right. Fenner agreed cheerfully. And now, Mr. Watson, give me a concise account of Fair's last movements. We finally chose a room on the 12th floor. Fair accepted this room without comment, and it suited me. It opens into a long corridor, which leads to the elevator. It is much like the other rooms on that floor. The reason that it appealed to me was that it was situated quite a distance from the fire escape. And it had a built-in washer-dryer combo, which is so hard to find in my price range. (laughs) Oh, it's murder out there. In fact, it is inconceivable that Fair passed out through the windows of the rooms. I guess if he was very drunk and... (laughs) Granting that he had nerve to venture out over the abyss, couldn't he reach the roof? queried Fenner quietly. Watson shook his head in negation. Three stories above is the outjutting cornice, you know. Practically no hand or foothold on the surface of the wall. I don't imagine a cat could make it. Unless the cat had animus training and was reliving the past memories of a cat who was part of a secret order which if I had to title would be Uh uh-huh what would that be cat assassins breed (laughs) and what was the uh, what would be the name of the ancestor uh cat Stevens (laughs) I think we can eliminate the windows The hotel proprietor assures me that there are no secret passages, spaces between the walls, or anything of that sort in the building. I take his word for it. Now, as to the doors, there are two. Two? two? (laughs) Nobody said this would be a locked doors mystery. (laughs) First of all, this is just bad planning all around. (laughs) How did he ever escape? Through the other door? Damn him! The one leading into the room from the corridor, by which Fair entered, and one within the room in the left wall leading to an adjoining room, which also has a door opening into the corridor. Hey, that's three doors. Uh, yeah, you throw in, you throw in Robbie Krieger, and, uh, you got a, you got a whole band. (laughs) No. Rayman Zero. Rayman Zurich, yes, sure. Both these doors have ordinary locks, not dead latches. For this reason, I suppose, they also have bolts. 
There's a bolt on the inside of the door, which opens on the corridor. Okay. And a bolt on the door within the room. Right. There's a bolt on the other side of that door, by the way, within the adjoining room. All right. I looked this morning. And for the occasion, we put a bolt on the outside of the what? corridor door. So what? I'm very confused by how many bolts there are, which in many ways is the plot of Bolt. <laughs> it's true. I mean, if we play a hero by thinking we mm-hmm. are a hero, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. isn't that just as good as a Pixar movie? No. <laughs> no, it's not. Penguins are funny. Pigeons. Damn it. Oh, yeah, the pigeons are funny. <sighs> when Fair entered the room, we shot this outside bolt. Pigeon wants a hot dog. <laughs> no, do not let the pigeon have the hot dog or drive the bus. Pigeon wants a puppy. No, no, he cannot have a puppy or the cookie. <laughs> <sighs> pigeon wants a lot, okay? That's why we had to force our way in this morning. That bolt on the inside was still in place. Mm. So also were both bolts on the other door. And there you are. Yeah. (laughs) Bolt City, baby. Fenner Rose. You're on the Bolt bus to New York. (laughs) You paid a dollar, and you're on the Bolt bus of 72 hours straight to New York. Fenner arose. Your description of the conditions is good, Mr. Watson. Hey, we have power right in your seat. No bathroom. That doesn't work. Does anyone mind? Okay, we've got a movie to vote on. All right? Everybody who wants to watch... Free Wi-Fi. Three kilobytes a second per seat. (laughs) Everybody who wants to watch National Treasure. Nope, not the first one. The second one, Book of Secrets. Uh, Raise your hand. And everybody who wants to watch The Net starring Sandra Bullock, raise your hand. Oh. Hey, guys, the bathrooms are working. Oh, nope. Oh, everyone's just looking at their phones and peeing in the hallway. When That's f- the bus. <laughs> There's no hallway. It's that is the, the bus. <laughs> Fenner arose. Your description of the conditions is good, Mr. Watson, he said. And now Bill and I will become locksmiths. Go down and see if we can do anything for you. It's an intensive 14-week training course, but (laughs) at the end of it, we'll be ready to start solving this case. (laughs) If I'm able to help you out, I'll call Davidson on the phone. Do that, agreed Watson. And remember, the money is all yours if you can successfully unravel this mystery. And you don't have any ethics. (laughs) Fenner nodded, and we passed out, leaving Watson seated at the table. As we passed through the outer office, Davidson favored us with a wink and a grimace, to which Fenner replied by forming with his hands a very creditable imitation of the long ears of a mule. Oh, old Sam Wainwright. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sam. <laughs> we made our way to Fenner's house, attired ourselves in working clothes, took a few tools, and caught a downtown car. Mary! Mary, it's Sam on the phone. <laughs> As we rode, I ventured to question Fenner, hoping that he might have a possible solution. But Mary, Sam! <laughs> we rode our way to Fenner's house, attired ourselves in working clothes, took a few tools, and caught a downtown car. As we rode, I ventured to question Fenner, hoping that he might have a possible solution to the riddle. He proved noncommittal. 
Wait, Bill, he said. Until we have a first-hand look at the scene of this fourth-dimensional chap's activities. It's possible there's no answer at all, and we're all incredibly disappointed like lost. But uh, <laughs> it's also possible there's no answer at all, but we're told that ahead of time, and somehow that's supposed to make it great, like leftovers. Zing. Oof. Scorching hot burn there, Alex. Yeah, Tom Sietzma really got... No, that's the... <laughs> No, that's no, uh, it's um... that's the food guy. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I couldn't tell you a name of a TV critic. I have so. no idea either. Oh, um, August Werner Club. <laughs> He's famous, right? Mister A V Club. He writes for the Onion. Let us form no theories until we know all that is to be known about the case. Watson's description was quite lucid. I replied. And if things are just as he described them, the trick seems impossible to me. Fair couldn't have flown, you know. No, I, I hear you just take a handful of clonopin and you, bam, you're there at your destination. <laughs> I go with the full-on Xanax myself. You have the plane changeover in Atlanta, don't even know that it happened. <laughs> no, just make sure you don't have to change planes, because you're going to end up somewhere else. Well, that's the point of it. Changing planes, Rob. Oh, I thought you were just saying, that you know, when it lands and you pick up more people and pe some people leave and you just be sleeping through it. Never mind. You were saying as a negative uh -huh. of uh -huh. changing planes. The negative would be that you end up somewhere else. <laughs> I guess that just... So you're saying it's the goal of flying to end up somewhere else. Am I, am I clear on that? Obviously, the goal is to just keep taking that cloud pin, Rob. <laughs> Sweet. No matter how impossible it may seem, rejoined Fenner, you are face to face with the fact that when they broke into the room this morning, Fair was gone. That, I take it, is proof enough that it is quite possible. Here we are. On stating our errand to the manager, we had no trouble in securing admission to the room, and the departing bellhop left us alone in the room from which Fair had contrived to find an exit. The damage to the door was trivial and Fenner set about making the few necessary repairs. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> let me just... Uh, get my lock-picking bag here is I'm just going to uh, spackle this? Do they do they have lock-specific spackle? You know what? I I'm just going to go to YouTube. There's always somebody who has a video of this. They know what they're doing, man. YouTube's got it all. Mm -hmm. Like, they're the UHF of the internet. <laughs> They've got it all. You search carefully, Bill, he said as he applied himself to the task of replacing the torn-off bolt in its keeper, and make sure that our young friend is not here, disguised as a bed or a clothes tree. <laughs> Ignoring the banter, I uh, did... If you could call it that. I did make a thorough examination of the room, having come to the conclusion on the way down that Fair might just possibly have remained in the room, avoiding detection by some clever expedient. Uh, hey, Fenner, did uh, did this room have a nude statue of a satyr peeing into the bathtub when we came in? Am I misremembering that? Uh, also, was that a, was that figure audio automatronic? Because uh, it keeps flipping me off. <laughs> it's very well done, if it is. It's tasteful. <laughs> My efforts were fruitless, however, for a search convinced me that he could not possibly be in hiding within the room. Conditions were just as described by Watson. There was no disorder or sign of unusual physical effort to suggest a possible answer to the enigma. 
A glance out of the window assured me that Watson had spoken the truth. Just to fancy a human being clinging to the surface of that wall at that height was sickening, and I felt convinced that Fair had not made the fire escape. And of course, rope is outlawed in this city, so he couldn't possibly have gotten his hands on that. Yeah, sheets too. They just don't have one sheet per room is a law, so you can't tie them together. <clears throat> well, they're, they're tieless sheets, yeah. <laughs> Yet the bolted doors seem proof that he had not passed through either of them. Ironically, they are made in Thailand. <laughs> That's why it's named that. It's not ironic. Oh. It's named after that. That's why they changed saying, it from Siam. You're saying Les is the uh, company name? Yes. Thai Les? Thai Les. Sheets? Yeah, Thai Les Sheets. Now I realize why Payless went out of business. Nobody ever goes to pay for vacation. Wait, vacation? The country of pay, Rob. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, you followed that trail too far, Alan. Too far. I'm on the hunt. I want that $5,000. <laughs> He's got the fever. Yet the bolted doors seem proof that he had not passed through either of them. For it is possible to lock a door after you, but hardly so to shoot a bolt inside of a closed door. Also, the fact that there were bolts on the outside of each of the doors made it look like a rather difficult proposition for him to have opened them at all, <laughs> let alone having bolted them behind him. The ceiling, examined from the vantage point of a chair was as fruitless of clues as a previously scrutinized floor. <laughs> okay, Rob, let's hear it. Go ahead. You're a cop. You've arrested the chair and are interrogating the chair and... Hello. <laughs> it's the first thing I'm going to say. What? You idiot. You read the chair, it's right. <laughs> oh, we gotta let the chair go on its technicality. Oh, damn these chairs. Ah, oh. and now, said Fenner, after these details had been attended to, we will take a lead from Watson's book and have a look at the adjoining room. By means of an ordinary skeleton key, we readily got into this chamber through the corridor door. I prepared myself for another thorough search, but Fenner stayed me. No use, Bill, he said. Let's go. Uh, but Fenner, I heard giggling... From behind a cabin in there and somebody whisper, you can't find me in a really obvious way that <laughs> definitely breaks the spirit, if not the actual rules of hide and seek. Just, that's just playing hide and seek with a four-year-old. <laughs> I can see you know your hide and seek. I've been a cop for a long time. <laughs> Mystified and a little rebellious, I followed him from the room and we made our way to the street. Wow, that is rebellious. This guy's on fire. He's crazy. It's bad lieutenant. Port of call, master key. <laughs> As we walked along, Fenner hummed softly under his breath. Oh, okay, hold on. I need that one more, one more time. As we walked along, Fenner hummed softly under his breath. It wouldn't have done any harm to have taken a look around that room, I grumbled. On the off chance, while he's not likely there, we might have made sure. Nor would it have done us any good. Ah, there's a telephone booth. Wait here until I get Davidson and kiss that 5,000 goodbye. Okay, let me get my smoocher ready and what? <laughs> Are you giving it up? I demanded, amazed and hurt. Let's go back and have another try. Not on your life, said Fenner grimly. Lead us not into temptation. If I go back there, I may be tempted to collect that money. Uh, <laughs> yeah? And? 
You'll never collect it this way, I demurred. My boy, I don't want to collect it, retorted Fenner. I don't need money that badly. Oh, fuck. This is what it must be like to work with one of those annoying honest cops <laughs> after a big drug bust. <laughs> I mean, no one's using that heroin anymore. It's not, it's, they don't give away the heroin to underprivileged kids. Hell, it goes, it, they literally burn it. No one's going to miss it. <sighs> yes, or smoke it. I mean, uh, what? they get, yeah, I'm, uh, yes. <laughs> Watson's a short sport, or he would have seen this thing through himself, but not asked to buy the brains, which he apparently lacks. Fair, on the other hand, has proved himself the possessor of some real gray matter. Get me? You know what? Neither of us get it. <laughs> Did Fair shave his head in order to buy a key out of the other door? <laughs> no, okay, no, <laughs> no. No? It's not an O. Henry situation here? It's, I don't think it is. Okay, okay. I'm going to be something of a good sport myself and not give him away. Does the O. Henry bar have some kind of chocolate caramel twist in it? <laughs> No, but at the end of it, you feel pretty unsatisfied. So it's an anti-Snickers. <laughs> it's an anti-Snickers, yes. I'm going to be something of a good sport myself and not give him away. Oh, yeah. My nine kids are going to think you're a real principled sort of dip fuck. <laughs> Daddy, why can't Uncle Fenner come to Tommy's little funeral? <laughs> because, Dee Dee... He had a very good reason why an obscenely rich man should not give $5,000 to us instead of another obscenely <laughs> yeah. rich man. Yeah, they could be joining the Sticks Club themselves with this kind of dough. No, it's the American way to walk away from a room <laughs> almost literally containing a bag of $5,000 <laughs> with your name on it. <sighs> I laughed shortly. Give him away. I echoed. I hardly think you will. Fenner stopped short in his tracks, nettled. Say, you ass, he said sharply. You don't think I'm stumped, do you? Let me tell you something, fella. I know where that lad is at this very moment. You do? I yelled. Then where in blazes is he? Listen, there are so many potential locations here. Oh, sure. Uh, I'm gonna go with Port-au-Prince. <laughs> In Haiti. What, what would your guess be, Rob? Well, I'd probably be right next door in the Dominican Republic. Oh, right next door. I get it. I get it. I don't get it. What do you mean? Oh, uh, that's right. You're the baby doc to my daddy doc. Hey, don't pigeon me. Don't don't pigeon me. I'm not the little duckling. It could be the little Not the pigeon. Guy. But the pigeon, you know, almost gets to drive that bus. Oh, so. Rob, we're ruining the tension. Where in blazes is he? <laughs> in that room that I couldn't let you search, my boy, rejoined Fenner complacently, gratified by my startled expression. That's why I literally dragged you out. I didn't want you to flush the poor lad and spoil it for him. He was in that big closet, sticking out his 48 hours. Okay, so uh, just, you know, to, you know, wrap up the paperwork on this one, you're saying that had you not stopped me, I would have, by the most cursory examination yep. that even a small child would have made, found the man and gotten $5,000 that I would 
not have split with you due to your philosophical <laughs> recusal from the situation then. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- no, thanks. Yeah, thanks for uh, depriving that. yourself you sh- and me of $5,000. Very, very good partner. Also, wow, did everybody do a terrible job? <laughs> They didn't even look at the room. They just said, well, it's locked. It can't, nothing could have happened. Okay, guys, I'm going to lock this guy in a room, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you the completely irrelevant fact that that room is, in fact, two rooms. <laughs> now, please, confine your search to that room. He was, I demanded in amazement. How did he get through that bolted door? The easiest thing in the world, chuckled Fenner. A cinch. He had the master key. A master key for a bolt? I demanded incredulously. A master key for a bolt. A bolt. A bolt. My master key for a bolt. (laughs) Fetter said quietly. A nice little electromagnet and some lamp cord. I gotta tell you, the current state of teledildonics does leave something to be desired. It's, I said very first meeting that we had about MVP for this was it cannot have a lamp cord hanging out of it, people. <laughs> and also, number two, it needs to be waterproof. I cannot stress this enough. Simple, wasn't it? Hook right into the lamp socket and shoot the bolts about at will. He figured, and rightly enough, that the fact that all of those bolts were found safely in their keepers would ward off all suspicion that he merely stepped into the adjoining room. No, no, he's he's not right. Two out of three suspicious people definitely <laughs> thought to look in the adjoining room. Also, isn't the uh, hotel clerk going to have to open the bolts at some point? It's not fucking Narnia over there, okay? <laughs> it's not a separate jurisdiction. Just, just This is your number one job in solving this. It's just open every door. That's it. There's not in Madeline Langle found a tesseract <laughs> uh, to the future or something, okay? It's an adjoining room, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I were a cop, I would check the room before I would check the ceiling. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's it. I don't know. That was a very suspicious chair. (laughs) I'm still bitter he got away with it. That chair's on the streets, Alan. He was right when he told Watson that things would happen in everyday life that are stranger than fiction. Maybe that worthy will believe him now. Good night, I murmured dazedly. I never thought of that method. Never suspected the trick. Never imagined I would kill my partner so that my remaining (laughs) offspring could eat, clothe themselves for several hundred combined years. Yeah, don't they have... They've got time here. Just pop them on the head and... Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) We were impersonating locksmiths and there was a terrible accident. I I jimmied it. Maybe I shouldn't have used the neck saw. I'm new to this. I don't even know why I packed it, to be honest. But No, hey, it just came in the kit. <laughs> I did, replied Fenner. And just the moment that I saw those bolts were of steel and not brass, I knew that I was right. Gee, couldn't we have rigged up some station with those 5,000 iron men? Yes, jackass, we could have. <laughs> the end.
<laughs> I don't know what's more bothersome about this story, the gross negligence of the police mm-hmm. or the gross negligence of the writer. <laughs> I'm sorry. This was this was not great. <laughs> sort of like story slaughter. On the... <laughs> he should be charged with something. That's... There should be some kind of crime there. So... Um, yeah, this one is baffling to me. Is there is there some kind of moral or lesson we could of extract course, Rob, from this? Of course, there's a moral. The moral of the story is that sometimes morals don't make for a good story. So, <laughs> okay, well that wraps it up for this week. Uh, like to thank everybody for joining us, and we hope that you will tune in next time on another exciting interrupted. Oh, Rob, Rob. Okay, did I tell you I got an email? Hmm. And Luminary offered us <gasps> half a million dollars for our what? podcast. What? Yeah, you didn't hear? It was all in that email. I didn't let you read titled, this email is literally offering you $500,000 <laughs> if you read it. You probably wouldn't have figured it out, to be honest. But uh, And they were kind of diggish on Twitter to people. So, you know, ethically, we've got to stay poor. Sorry. Damn!